This is Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. That's Chris over there. Hello. I'm Rick. Today, not unlike other days, we're going to talk about pet peeves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Not that this whole... This whole series isn't just a string of pet peeves. Yeah. Well, it's it's an excuse for us to uh, air our pet peeves and Ranting. Uh, rant about our pet peeves, regardless of who really wants to know or not. Um, so to get the ball rolling, I know Chris has a long list of pet peeves that he's stored away in that little noggin. What do you, what do you got? Well, I'd just like to start with a disclaimer that saying <laughs> these pet peeves are kind of more a reflection of our shortcomings than the things that we're ranting on. <laughs> well but it might said. be interesting to get inside of these pet peeves and say, why does this irk you? Let's unpack and it might, them. It might unveil some some fascinating things, or it might not. I it like... just might be just old guys yelling at clouds. <laughs> but I'm willing to give it a, a whirl if you are. And Me I'll too. And I'll kick it off by saying clip-on tuners. Oh, yes. I don't like clip-on tuners. Okay. They're, it's, it's amazing if you think about them, though, because this technology, you know, compare the cheapest clip-on tuner that you can buy to, like, the old, like, desktop tuners of, right. of yore, and they're more <laughs> accurate, they're more lightweight, fewer parts, but I don't like them. And let's try to figure out why I don't like them. Let's unpack this, Chris. Let's unpack it and see what it's underneath the dark underbelly of this pet peeve. I think what it is, partially, is uh-huh. that the headstock, to me, is holds the essence of a guitar. If you think Got about it. the classic Tele headstock, the classic Stratocaster headstock, the classic Gibson headstock. I see. These things are things of beauty for someone like yes. me. Yes. And you stick this cheap Casio-like junk on top of it, and it's just kind of distracting more than anything. I'm not going to argue for a moment that they aren't helpful, that they aren't, you know, it isn't convenient. But at it's the same bypass, time, they bug me. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we all have our pet peeves. And I that's got one you. Of mine. Okay. I, I accept w- that. I, I will say that. when I got my mandolin and I was learning the mandolin, I, it came with a free clip-on tuner. Oh, wow. And while I was learning the tuning of that instrument, I, I clipped that on there. And, you know, it was kind of a quick visual aid. Okay. It's great. Once I learned how to tune the instrument, though, I took it off. Got it. And I uh, used the old ears or, you know, a phone or any other kind of tuner I had out of there. So I, I know why people use them. They're yeah. super convenient, you know, easy access. You can see them instantly. I don't like them. I don't. Sorry. Like. <laughs> Apologies to I I kind of share your view on the on the clip-ons for for what the reasons you cited. So, I mean, you're preaching to the choir here, man. Uh yeah, it's kind of funky. And and again, like you say, maybe like around the house it's kind of neat to have as training wheels and stuff like that. But when you're at a live show, it is kind of weird to see like but I see them all over the place now. They they got that clip-on tuner on the headstock on the, all yeah. these players and I once I once referred to it as the fanny pack of guitars <laughs> accessories and some people like took issue with that and I'm fine with that take issue but I, I'm like yeah I, it's just kind of a novelty item I like but that. again go on YouTube yeah. watch live concerts of people they they use them and I know you know more power to it you keep continue to use them. It's just, but I'll continue to like seethe a little bit inside when I see them on a classic. You know, it's it's almost like you have like a, like a pre-war Martin, and you know, and you drill and you put it like a, one of those preamps in there right. inside the guitar, so you have a you know pre-war Martin with a battery. Right. And the, right. And, you know, I don't know. I think people rely in general on tuners far more than they really need to. Yeah. Because everybody likes to have an instant visualization on on stage you know you're, you're you know people are watching you, you want right. to be quick about it and this stuff but if you never interact with your instrument as far as like bringing it in tune 
I think I don't know. I think you'll you'll have a better ear if, if you're able to do that and I you make so yourself too. do that more often. Another thing to point out is even the most accurate tuner. If you rely on that for completely to tune your guitar, your guitar might not be as in tune as you think it is. Because, I mean, for me, my guitars, I mean, I, sometimes I have to flatten the G-string to get it to sound in tune. And, it's, and you know, I don't care what my tuner says. It's yeah. my ears that That's I'm going point. for. Yeah. So I that might be part point. of it. Again, you know, it's, you know, use... <laughs> disclaimer. You, disclaimer. Back to the disclaimer. Use it to your heart's content. Yeah. I But I hate them. Just don't show me. Yeah. Well, you, okay. you, you give us one. Come on. Well, one of my pet peeves is I go on YouTube and I see all these great guitar demos. And, and a lot of times these people can't bend up to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, um, uh, like you said, hey, I mean, play guitar, do your thing. I think it's awesome. But <laughs> figure out. Maybe they're the ones that Learn need the clip-on. <laughs> maybe there's the one that need the clip-on tuner so that they can see that they're really bending up to a right, G or go. a D or whatever it is. But right. yeah, they sit there and they're. It's like I'm rooting for them, right? I'm like, go, you're doing it. You're you're almost there. Come on, a little more, and they don't make it. And it's like, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's nothing wrong with you know. I mean, it's it's a process of learning to play guitar. And we all. I mean, I you know when I was learning how to play leads, it took me forever to get right. You know, pitch correct. So there's that. But I, I kind of know what you're saying. The other thing that goes along with that that really kind of chased me uh-huh. is shaking the guitar neck <laughs> when there's actually no vibrato coming out. Right. It's, it's like this visual <laughs> thing. It's like I'm playing the solo and then I get to this note. You know, here's the sweet note and you're like shaking the neck, yeah. but you're not getting any vibrato. Yeah. So it's just purely like this habit of like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be shaking this neck. It's like, if you're going to shake it, don't fake it. Get, get us some vibrato from that. That's where it came from. That's it's like funny. shaking it. I see that a lot. Yeah. You know, I do too. And it's, yeah, it's funny that they don't, you're right. It's like they're emulating what they've seen, but they're not doing it right. And it, you're, they're not getting the, the sound that they're trying to, right, there's nothing acquire. coming out. It's like, <laughs> there's you know, nothing coming out. it's not, you're, you're oh not fully goodness. loaded or something. I don't know, yeah. but it's not doing what Come it's on, dude. the next shake was designed to yeah. do. So I, again, I mean, people learn to play guitar and it takes a while and you know, yeah. whatever. I still have shitty habits that I <laughs> need to break, but that um, kind of goes along with you not bending up to pitch. Yeah. The, the whole, like, I mean, I get it because blues is kind of like easy. There's like a couple of, scales you can grab right away and make sounds like similar to what you hear on records but yeah sometimes that can be painful yeah uh, it is painful i would know i was probably the most painful person <laughs> in my house when i was learning to do this <laughs> shit well we all were yeah and you're right i mean it depends on what stage but it seems like these the players i've seen do this are seem accomplished at the guitar right. but they maybe it's just an ear thing where they you know they don't hear i don't know that they, 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 their pitch isn't all that great, but uh, right, I'd have to see what you're talking about. But I kind of think I know. <laughs> I'll what bring you're examples. About. But I'm going to throw time. another one out here right now because it got? just popped in my head. Middle pickups on Telecasters. Ooh, yeah, uh, that one, dude. I mean, you know, in here to to go against my own pet peeve, I go, I hate it. It drives me nuts. It makes me angry. I don't like to see a Telecaster with third pickup, and all someone has to say is. Um, um, James Burton. Ooh. I mean, James Burton, I'm not going to argue with that dude. Right. I mean, right. he's one of the reasons why I love the Telecaster yep. so much. And he wants that middle pickup. His right. signature model has that middle pickup. So I'm not going to argue with that. But for me and my own personal pet peeve, it comes down to the middle pickup on a Stratocaster is bad enough. That's where most <laughs> of the horrible sounds yep. that people make. Also some good ones, but there's a yeah. lot of like, there's a lot of 
horror inflicted on modern music using that, and why bring that over to the Telecaster? <laughs> exactly. The Telecaster is perfect. It's the perfect it guitar. It is. It is. Um, but again, opinion only, but it's a genuine pet peeve when I see that. You know, somebody, there's a Telecaster. Oh, cool. Oh. I totally agree with that. And uh, I mean, it's in line with that pet peeve, but it, it broadens it to the point where we've talked about somebody saying, I love a certain guitar, but when they show you the guitar they have, it's totally modded or, or uh, you know what I mean? Like for a telly, for instance, oh, I love tellies. And then you'll see the guy's telly and it's got humbuckers and a, a middle pickup and <laughs> a Floyd Rose or right. a Kaler. It's like, okay, you don't really love, t- you, maybe you love the body style of a right. telly, which is totally cool, That's but you don't love style. a telly. Yeah. yeah. If you love a telly, you'll, you love the that one pickup in the bridge and, and if it's if it's not an Esquire it's got a neck pickup uh, but that's the telly it's just a, and that's the cool thing about a telly is it's just straightforward guitar right there's not a lot to it it just does what it does and it does it really well yeah and you don't need that middle pickup I agree I agree man now obviously people disagree because there's so much of it so go go ahead and do that but we're just you know we're focusing about us right yeah now. it's all and about us man so um, what do yeah, I like what that, do I don't like give me a pet peeve um well, uh, one of my pet peeves now that I'm a reformed uh, s- guitar stringer is the the, <laughs> the stringy, windy thing of oh, death, yeah. which you pointed out. And, and the lockover. The lockover, man, which I fell into that trap. But you're right. I, I started stringing my guitars traditionally again, and it's like, I don't need that. Well, explain what it is. For okay, so it, it's kind of like a, a, a Shawshank knot or whatever it is, <laughs> where you, you know, the rabbit goes over the hole and under the hole when you're stringing your guitar. You, you string it through the hole, and then you wind it back around under the string, and so it and pull it back quotes again pull it back so that it really uh, locks the string into place and it won't slip right out of tune but Chris rightly mentioned it's like well it's not going to do that because A, B, C, and D right of physics it's not going to do that you put it through a hole and it's wound it's not going to move what it does do is it gets your guitar person (laughs) that's stringing your guitar just curse you every time I did I cursed myself right when I had to read because it's never yeah. comes off very no. easy and that reminds me of, of a, a pet peeve that is turned into like oh I, I I'm over this pet peeve was I never liked locking tuners because they're, they seem a little bulky I don't like bulky tuners uh-huh. to, to be but they just seem kind of ridiculous because I never had problems with strings staying in tune or putting strings on I thought that the way it had been done, was fine. I didn't think we needed a fix for a problem that I didn't see that existed. Got it. But I got a Stratocaster that actually had locking tuners on, Fender locking tuners. And after you know a couple times changing the strings, I go, oh, I get this. It's a lot easier. You pull it through and you clamp it down. And they're not too bulky. When I first got the guitar, uh-huh. it was my intention to pull those off and put on the classics. <laughs> You're like, God damn it. Yeah, it's like, this I bullshit. like this guitar, but these tuners got to go. <laughs> and after interacting with them for a while, okay, I get it. So, you know, that that was one pet peeve. But after, you know, there is if you see something that's out there and that's popular, even if it if it drives you nuts, it's probably a useful thing give it a, because millions give it a of try. people adopt that. But again, pet peeve. I mean, we all have them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. And sometimes it's great to reflect on why does that bother me so much? What does yeah. that say about me? Exactly. <laughs> Usually it comes down to ignorance and some of it is just opinion. Yeah. You know, and we all can have opinions yeah. and things like that. But I, I value opinions more when someone can explain why do you hold that view? Yeah. And that's what this is about. And at least that there's a reason. That's great. Yeah. But I think it's cool that you are a convert and you said, okay, well, I'll give it a shot and sure enough you, you found them useful and 
uh, it, it didn't chap your height enough to, to change the tuners. I think no, that's cool. It's fine. They'll stay. Yeah, they'll I mean, stay. <laughs> what else do we have? Well, one of my pet peeves is mods. Um, uh, uh, I, I'm a stock guy. Like, I love stock cars, stock guitars. And as we mentioned before, I think some guitars, they just got it right. I mean, it's just, you know, maybe they don't intonate perfectly to some person's pleck thing or something like that, but they just got it right. And um, again, if it's your taste to do that, knock yourself out. But I I love a stock guitar or a stock pedal that just, it it's what it is, you know, and uh, or amps for that matter, you know, modding an amp and, and like bastardizing the thing. I just consider, because I'm also like, you know, once it's been tarnished, it's like tarnished. In the 70s, I did a, a silly thing to my uh, Marshall because I wanted, I essentially wanted two channels that were the same, but I, I wanted a clean channel put in my amp. And sure enough, the guy did what I wanted, but I'm like, oh, this is silly because it's not what I wanted. But right. and then and for, from that day on, that amp was tainted for me because I did something ungodly to it, and which rightfully so. I was tortured yeah. for the rest of my life. Well, I, I I kind of agree. I'm not I'm not a mod person, but I did go through a phase where I explored this, and I I think anybody would be great to if if they're at all interested and in, in, to at least explore some things. I, yeah. I would recommend or hope that someone would stay away from you know valuable vintage stuff because <laughs> you know somebody else down the road might want it. But you know, like I said, I did a tube screamer mod. That's true. And um, I was glad I did it. I mean, I like to fix stuff. I like to repair and fix stuff. So I, I like to tinker with a soldering iron. But I agree. I mean, I think like the reason I'm drawn to a piece of gear is because it's cool. And I think, you know, I, I'm willing to give the dude who, you know, thought it out, designed it and built it credit for like kind of knowing what he's doing yeah. it's why it became a classical piece of gear yep. in the first place so yeah i'm happy with things if it doesn't work for me i'll just like well it doesn't work and i'll get something that does so i agree but i understand i mean interacting with your gear is like it, it's a great thing and it's something that's very attractive to a lot of people so i get that but i'm with you um i hate like i mentioned this too i think it's like when i see a picture of a tube screamer with a fucking switch <laughs> a true bypass switch drilled in that kind of that's a definitely a pet peeve yeah. of, of mine and i think it's cool to tinker with your gear i did it when i was a kid but i it wasn't and some of it was in the in the vein of mods but mostly it was just like kind of trying to figure shit out you know it's like oh what's going on in there you know and i think that's totally cool because yeah it does get you closer to your gear and you kind of know more about how it works and how these you know switches and knobs work and what they control and all that other stuff um Right. Yeah. And, and go ahead. And, and myth busting too. It's yeah. really interesting because there's so much information out there, you know, talking about tone caps and all this other, you know, minutiae that people just like go crazy over. If you have a chance to test those things, one interesting thing I found, and I'm not saying that this is conclusive scientific proof, but I found like in my vintage amplifiers, like tubes don't make a whole lot of difference especially preamp tubes because i have you know on hand a bunch of like new old stock vintage and you know modern tubes and i've like one day i was kind of curious so i started plugging them in there i heard absolutely no difference i mean i think that you know that there is a difference in quality and some will be microphonic more often or might not last as long some were probably built more durably to be more durable but um i don't think that there's a lot, and I and I, I could be wrong. I mean, certain amps might behave differently. Yeah. I've tried a Champ and a Princeton Reverb and a Sovtech, 
and I tried a whole shitload of preamp tubes, and I heard no no difference huh. enough to um, to make me think, you know, I'm going to seek out these more valuable right. tubes. I found tubes that I like that happen to be rugged, and, you know, they seem to last long, and I'll continue to use those. Another pet peeve that I have is, you know, it's kind of like forum, forum etiquette. And the other thing is I belong to a bunch of, you know, guitar Facebook pages. Right. I like to feed my... You fill my feed with joy, uh-huh. and someone will list something for sale, and people will just start bagging on them for their price. If you don't agree with this person's price, don't that's, buy it. Yeah, yeah, don't buy it. That's fine, but it's kind of like it's it's kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, no, I agree, and I've seen the same thing. And I think it's just our impulses. We humans have this impulse to like uh, assert ourselves in these situations and and kind of just shoehorn our opinions good or bad into these conversations and online as we both know is, is just exacerbated that and exactly it's like we see these things that some guy will or some gal will post a thing and say oh this is by far the or this guitar uh totally blows away a les paul hands down or something like that and it's like okay well that may be your opinion but i, yeah. I, I think this copy of this les paul blows yeah, away this yeah, les yeah, paul. right 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 uh, yeah and another pet peeve of mine is you know going into some guitar stores and there's this super helpful uh per staff member and no matter what i'm looking at i mean it could be a five thousand dollar les paul or whatever i'm I'm looking at this guitar and they go oh yeah i've got two of those at home (laughs) and it's like don't tell me you own every piece of gear you've shown me today because that's bullshit (laughs) over the course of the (laughs) last month yes live in a warehouse exactly yeah i want to come to your house and see your collection of gear because uh you apparently you you own everything in the store yes two of everything yeah Yeah. so that's one of my pet peeves because it's just such a it's or just getting that classic they've read the book on sales yeah. right and what you know to compliment your shoes or some bullshit like and it's Dale like, Carnegie <laughs> yes Dale Carnegie how to influence how to get people to like you yes I hate that because it's just right off the bat it makes it makes me feel uncomfortable right it's like you're trying to work me and it's like look I just want to come in here look at stuff be a human being show me some stuff don't tell me you own every piece of gear I've looked at today because it's right. bullshit it's total bullshit and you're just turning me off yeah, one of my pet peeves, and it possibly is just because I'm not smart enough to understand it, is the one owner principle of guitar sales, where someone will say, yeah, this is a one owner instrument. So if being a one owner instrument is so valuable to its resale, that means if I buy this guitar, I'm the second owner, so it's already worth less <laughs> if I buy this. So I never I, I never get that. Do you know what... The what makes it so desirable if it has a one owner? Well, I, I I'm just speculating, but All I right. think it 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 speaks to the fact that hey, this guitar hasn't uh, had a lot of wear and tear because it's been owned by this one person. But you and I both know we've seen quote one owner guitars that look like it's been dragged behind somebody's pickup truck. So it's like right. <laughs> yeah. just saying uh, this is a one owner guitar or piece of gear doesn't necessarily to me yeah mean again it's probably some tactic you know that they read about saying you, you know, see it all the time i mean like it's, it's like pre-owned right instead right. of used right? right or it's it's all terminology to get you to the psychology of trying to get you to buy this thing right because it's only been owned by one person and they wow. they babied the thing it's been under the person's bed for 30 years i want a thousand owner guitar <laughs> one that's got a story exactly to tell. 
It's been in honky tonks and bars, and I love guitars like that. But again, right. you could see a guitar that looks exactly like that that they claim is one owner, and, and it could be right because the person maybe played the hell out of that guitar. But you're uh, right. I, I think, think it's meaningless. And if yeah. you really look at it, it's like you're. It's it's not a selling feature because as soon as it sells, it's no longer a one right. owner, so it's worth less. If <laughs> right. you're trying to say it's worth more because of that, right, right. So. Yeah, and well, exactly, and that just speaks to the fact that it's just another tactic used by salespeople to get you know like stock and sweet and mode tons of mojo right yeah, <laughs> like, mojo. That, that word is pet peeve of mine <laughs> i don't know but um yeah the one owner thing for sure i think is one of those that is glaringly um silly and a tactic you know used by salespeople to try to get you to buy uh the guitar um there's probably a lot of them related to guitar store since we both did totally you know work down in the mines of and speaking, yeah, and speaking of guitar stores, there's the Chris and I have both worked in guitar stores, um, and invariably, God bless them, there'll be some person that comes in and has to play at the loudest volume possible, um, and for long periods of time, and it can be very trying for people in the store uh, to function at all when uh, this is going on. But it's uh, we kind of refer to it as wankers. In, in guitar stores, what do you think about that? Have you had experience with that? I before? have, and yeah, I I've been like in back rooms, like working, and like just the menagerie of like blues riffs, like of white blues riffs that filter through the wall over you know an eight hour day. It's yeah. kind of it gets a little bit trying, but you know people are checking shit out, yeah. so I get that. I mean, I certainly. If I go in a guitar store and I want to try a guitar, I don't like anything that I play. I mean, I'm just trying to play as little right. as I can and get the, you know, get yeah. the essence of the guitar without annoying everybody right. and myself included. Yeah, not playing an hour straight. I mean, right. I, some of these people just don't understand. They don't. It's like they're just playing for an hour long, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. So no, I that's yeah. No I mean, I've experienced that. There's probably a lot related to, as I say, related to the guitar shop. Oh yeah. Um. The guitar know-it-alls. I mean, you, you have them. I mean, I'm probably one. I don't. I don't know, but I try not to be annoying. Or these days, it's the people that come and shop your store and then go, "Well, I can get this cheaper on eBay or or Musician's Friend." It's like, and then, well, yeah. go for it. You should go for out. it, and that's really not a very classy thing to say. No. I mean, my wife gets that in her. She has a you know a gallery you know boutique shop, and people you know talking about price is just it's it's. It's not a very good etiquette. I mean, it's it's kind of like, I mean, who taught you to do that? It's like, is this like a bazaar? The goats around here? Are you gonna, you're going to haggle for something? It's like the, the, the prices are pl- clearly marked. Yeah. And most places like guitar shops, given the history, there's there's been, you know, there's some room sometimes to wiggle on, but it's not like that everywhere. And yeah, I mean, just... I mean, I, I just buy what stuff costs. I mean, I just, yeah, I, I know that when I want to buy it, that's what it costs because they've helpfully, you know, put a sticker on it that says that. Right. And yeah, I mean, and these shops, like you and I both have shops that we're really fond of that I'm glad are still around, and and they, they unlike Musician's Friend or these other online places. They have a brick-and-mortar store to maintain. They have a staff to maintain. So I understand that going into it. I'm going into their store. I see the prices. It's like, maybe I could get this cheaper from Musician's Friend or something else, but I'd rather support this local store um, because I dig the people that run the store. I dig the fact that 
this guitar store or this music store still exists in this day and age that I can go in and they don't hassle me and I dig what they have. And yeah, so it's, and it, it, to your point, it's rude. It's like, it, okay, so you, in your mind, you can get this cheaper. Don't tell the patron of the store because he's just going to go, well, knock yourself out. Go, right. go on eBay and get it if you can, but don't, don't bust my balls because you think my prices are too high or, and you know. It's just dumb. That's, there's no difference in that and the store owner going, you know, that's a really fucking ugly shirt you're wearing. <laughs> it's just, you're right, it is rude. And it just, I mean, you don't do that. No. It's, that's a pet peeve of mine, too. Thanks for bringing that I, up. You're welcome, Chris. I, that is I'm getting angry too. now. Dude. No, I'm not. Take a I don't chill care. Pill. I don't care okay. about any of this stuff. Like I said, anybody that wants to do any of this stuff that we don't like, go ahead. But you know, we, but we're just we're talking talk about shit. It. I mean, we're just snapping our suspenders, talking about <laughs> shit exactly. on the porch, man, whittling a stick. You know, That's <laughs> watching, right. watching the people go by. All right, did we t- did we touch on enough pet peeves? What about we talked about effects, not directly, but we talked about modifications. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Amps, guitars, modifications. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I have a million pet oh. peeves, but maybe we should make this a multi-part series. It's, I think we should because <laughs> subject. Yeah, because we still have so much to unpack. I mean, we don't have therapists, so this we is don't. it's cathartic for us to get this stuff out in the open, so that we can just live our lives. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. And we didn't. I, I actually let it go by without saying anything, but the word luthery is. <laughs> Dude, one. that's a major one. That's a major one for me. We <laughs> got to touch on that because that is that is one of the mothers of pet peeves for you of mine yeah yeah but that's just, what i mean yeah i mean it just it's just, it but just I'm... seems like a ridiculous word to use in the modern <laughs> days for me but i'm 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 off i'm i'm sidelined on this one because it's the acceptable terminology no, don't be sidelined but it's used for somebody it's... who changes your strings and you know i think like guitar tech and guitar builder will cover anything, and it sounds nice and modern. I totally agree. I gotta go see my luthier. Yeah, and he's gonna change my you, strings. Yeah, after you go get your dram of medicine from your apothecary. Right. Yeah, exactly. But only if you're gonna call yourself a luthier, there's certain parameters you have to live by. You have to wear tights. You have to, you be have on to a wear horse the pointy little shoes. To you have to, to be work. on a horse. You have to measure things in drams. And most importantly, you have to make lutes. <laughs> yes, you have to make lutes. You can't get off the hook, man. If you're a luthier, you have to make lutes. That's and you right. have to have a clip-on tuner on that damn headstock. And you shop at cobblers. Century. You take your shoes to the cobblers <laughs> when they need to be resold. Yes. Yes. So. And you have to have a feather in your hat. Is that yeah. a prerequisite? Okay. It should be, but no. Like I said, on that one, <laughs> like I someone, it's, I am I am left in the in the cold on that one because I'm probably the only one who feels that way. But mm. it is a pet peeve. Man. I just every time I hear that, I just kind of flinch a little. I think there's a silent majority out there that there are just is. waiting for a leader like you to lead the anti luthier movement. I will lead this movement. <laughs> guitar tech. I'm going to my guitar tech. Yeah. I'm I'm having a guitar built. A, a guitar builder is going to build me a guitar. There's nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, it sounds like it, it was. It sounds like something that happens today <laughs> not like you know in days of yore i'm having my loot loot built uh <laughs> totally in the past i'm going back in time to pick up my loot yes i assume i'm getting a k and k pickup system installed in my loot i'm going to see the loot an here. lr bag system put into my loot <laughs> lr baggins lr baggins <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I think that's a good one to end this I bullshit. think so, too. I think so, too. All right. Well, thanks for listening. As always, we super appreciate you guys out there in, in the ether listening to this silly ranting and raving by us. Um, 
go check us out on iTunes. Give us positive ratings, not negative ones, and Spotify. And then check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, communicate with us, man. Tell us what you think. And give us your opinions on topics you'd like us to cover. Tell us your pet peeves about our show. Yes, please. Bring it on. I know there's many. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Goodbye.